Welcome to the Wholehearted Eating Podcast, where non-diet nutrition, weight-inclusive care, and integrative health collide. We're your hosts, Dana Montes and Christina Hoyt, licensed integrative clinical nutritionists and body image coaches. And we believe you deserve to have a joyful relationship with food in your body, even if you have a chronic health condition or symptoms that just won't quit. On this show, together and with our guests, we're bringing the real talk, no BS5, with tangible tools to help you pursue health and wellness without obsession or restriction. Remember our disclaimer, this podcast is meant for general information purposes only and should not be taken as a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Oh, I can't wait to talk about books. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm looking forward to it and also dreading it because as we've discussed at length, it was a very meh year in the reading for us. <laughs> okay. Do you want to jump in? <laughs> yeah, go for it. Take it away. Okay. I was listening back to our episode from last year and I thought it would be hilarious if we started with a roast of ourselves, aka did we read the books that we were most looking forward to reading what we said on last year's episode? <laughs> um, No, although, okay, I can't really remember last year's, but for like our biannual one, the one that we did in June, I know- oh, we did pretty good. I know for a fact, I'll talk about this later, but my most look forward to read is my most disappointing read of 2023. Ooh, what a cliffhanger. Okay. Ah, <laughs> Okay, let's start with, did we read the books we were most looking forward to at the end of last year, right? So here's the hilarious thing. I'll start by roasting myself because I had said last year, oh, it was kind of like a weird reading year. You know, like Mm -hmm. I didn't read that much fantasy. I didn't read that many series. Like I want to get back into fantasy and more series. Did I do that this year? No. (laughs) And you had said... I want to tone down the amount of smutty slash what am I even reading on Kindle that never, Unlimited. That never and you, you had canceled your Kindle Unlimited subscription. And then I restarted it. So it did not. And I read like <laughs> supposedly read the dirtiest book available online, which I will also discuss. <laughs> I have no shame. But another I thing by annual was that I said I was completely done with reading incomplete series. I was going to ask you about that too. And yet I had more DNFs this year than I've ever had. Some mm-hmm. of them I truly did not want to finish, but others are are series that I, I liked. I really enjoyed these series, but it's just, it is a lot to ask of a person to ba- to read four of the same book. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're reading what, 2,000 pages? You know, if something is a five-book series and it's 400 uh, pages a pop, you're literally reading 2,000 pages in the same world. And even if it's a fun world, that's a lot to ask of a person. So, yeah, didn't do too great on that. Yeah. So if we look at the actual books that we had listed (laughs) – Oh boy. I did not read any of these, but Wait, shut up. Wait, can you read them? What what did yeah. you think you're gonna read? Because I don't even yeah. remember what I I only know one that I said I was gonna read. Yeah. Okay. So for me, end of last year, I said Babel by RF Kwong, own it, haven't read it. The Got Blood it. Trials by Annie Davenport, own it, haven't read it. The Greenbone Saga, which the first one is Jade City by Fonda Lee. Really mm-hmm. wanna read it, own it, haven't read it. And then The Poppy War by RF Kwong, also own it, haven't read it. <laughs> I want to read. I want to borrow that after you because I have heard really good things about the Poppy War. Yeah, um, 
for yours, and we both kind of said this one, which this we'll get into this, but Bloodmarked by Tracy Dion. Did you read that one? Yes. Woo, starting off strong. I did <laughs> read that. Then you said um, a Court of Thorns and Roses series. Yes. Oh, two oh my God, two. look at you carrying the Wait. team. Okay, but I, I have a, I did not finish it, but I'll get to that later. Yes, the continue. Shatter Me series. Read it. Oh my God, three for three. Daughter of the Pirate King. Read it. Oh my God, Kara. I'm batting a thousand right now. Children of Blood and Bone. No, I don't even know what that. I don't that think you read anymore. that. Okay, <laughs> I own it, and you can borrow oh, okay. it. Oh, um, yeah, did I borrow it from you? Do I have it? Uh, no, it's on my shelf. So <laughs> I got it. Do I have that? No. Do you have it? Um, and then I think you said this Woven Kingdom and the sequel was coming out this year by Tara Read Reddit. My God, look so at I you! So I only had one. Look at me go. So I am the problem. <laughs> You're the problem. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. So like we mentioned before, both of us did read some of the books that we had mentioned earlier this year on our like best so far of the year. But I think those will come up in the other categories that we're going to talk about. Um, So let's start on a good note with favorites of the year. Why don't you go first? (laughs) The best things that I read this year were totally at the first half of the year. The first half of the year, I killed it. The second half of the year was so meh. So again, all... 2020, the best book I read in 20, 2023. I'm not even going to ask you to read this because I've asked you now 200 times, but please, <laughs> listener. The Bridge Kingdom? Someone read The Bridge Kingdom. It is so <laughs> freaking good. It is so underrated. The writing is spectacular. The pacing is spectacular. The romance is spectacular. It is so freaking good. It is absolutely, I mean, it is It is not just like the best book of the year. It's like probably... It's in at least the top three best books, like favorite books of my life. Like I love this thing. Glowing um, review. Okay. Yes. <laughs> glowing review. Um, best book since then is definitely A Court of Thorns and Roses, but I still have not finished it. Um, the series or the first book? The series. I mean, I'm I'm halfway through the third book. Yeah, that's like pretty much all I can say because the, my second half of the year was so meh. It's so it's so bad. Yeah. Okay. So some of my favorites are also from the first half of the year because I had a lot of disappointments in the second half. But actually, my number one favorite this year has changed. And this was a shock to me because I don't think I have ever put a contemporary romance as my favorite book of the year literally ever. And this one is Part of Your World by Abby Jimenez. It's like two people, obviously, two people that come from completely different worlds. One is like small town person. One is like big, you know, family established doctor, millions of dollars, you know, all the different things. And, you know, that when you describe it that way, that does not sound super appealing to me. It is the emotional depth of this and like the different dynamics that were in this. This is, I think, why it is my favorite because it was so shocking to me that when I was reading this book, I like could not stop thinking about it when in between when I was reading it. And that's a very rare thing for me this year. Um, and it's one that I have kind of thought back on multiple times, which is why it kind of bumped it up. Because when we talked about our mid-year best books and everything, I still really like the ones that I mentioned for the most part. But some of the five stars that I talked about, I have barely 
thought about since, right? So while I think All My Rage by Sabata here is the the best book that I've read this year, like literary, my favorite <laughs> is Part of Your World by Abby Jimenez. Wow. So, yeah. And speaking of best versus favorite, when I'm looking at my like top four here, so three of them, or two of them are from the first half, and one of them I was actually reading at the time. And I remember on the episode, I was like, listeners, you'll have to wait for six months to hear my thoughts. <laughs> so one of the other ones that I really like this year is Legends and Lattes, which is like that cozy yep. fantasy. Yep, I and I actually one. just read the prequel to it, which is called Bookshops and Boat and Dust last week. It was still really fun and cozy, but I like the first one better. Um and then also another contemporary romance making the list is Love Theoretically by Allie Hazelwood. This is the one that I was reading when we were recording and I was like, oh my God, I think something just happened. She's going to reuse this trope and I'm going to freaking hate it. But yep. she didn't use that trope. And right. I really, really enjoyed this one. Also completely surprised me because I didn't love her first book, The Love Hypothesis. I also read that earlier this year and I was just kind of like, eh, you know, I don't really get the hype. Like, it's fine. Yeah. There are certain things that I like in it that I really do not like. But I really did like Love Theoretically. Um, and then this is where I really make the distinction between favorites and best. I honestly think that Fourth Wing is one of my favorite books that I've read this year. Is it wow. a best book? Absolutely, Absolutely not. not. Absolutely not. But in the like Mary... Mary, <laughs> Merry Christmas, very meh reading year that I've had this year. Right. That was definitely a highlight. I literally reread the entire book before That's Iron insane. Flame came out. That is <laughs> and like, I tabbed the shit out of that book. And I was just, before Iron Flame, I was just planning on rereading like a couple of passages here and there because in a world like that, you know, there is, there are a bunch of like terms that you don't remember and people's names and, you know, all this other stuff ended up rereading almost the entire book. So I was like, yep, um, that was definitely one of the most enjoyable books that I've read this year, which is, I would say, probably the majority opinion, but there are a lot of people who really hate that book. <laughs> yeah, well, I think that, should, I mean, if we're on that, should we talk about the sequel or should we not go there yet? Um, okay, we don't have we'll... to go there yet. Because <laughs> it's a whole thing. Yeah, it is a whole thing. I agree thing. with you. I um. Uh, but you, I credit you, literally you with the reason I liked fourth wing because you told me lower your standards and therefore I enjoyed that book and I had fun with it. And I told other people like, this is a fun read, but other, you know, was the quality of writing groundbreaking? No. And like the pacing could use some serious work, like for that, like, Again, sorry, I'm going to like, I want to encourage everyone to read, read Bridge Kingdom because not only is it so insanely fun, but when you know, like, like it is the perfect book, like book slump book, because there are no down parts. Like it is like cons, like just like the pacing is fantastic. Fourth Wing, it could have been a hundred pages shorter. Let's be real. Yeah. And Iron Flame could have been like 300 pages shorter. <laughs> the other thing that I'll say about Fourth Wing is like one of the problematic elements that is surrounding it is like, so high fantasy names are not standard English, right? And so they're typically inspired from some kind of, you know, different culture, different time, other things like that. So Rebecca Yaros took a lot of inspiration from Scottish Gaelic as opposed yeah. to Irish Gaelic. And never took the time to learn how to pronounce any of the names that she was using. 
Um, so there's been a lot of controversy around, like, especially a bunch of people who have heritage in that culture are really pissed because in interviews that she has done and then in the audiobook and everything like that, it is a very Gallic word, but is just pronounced with like an American accent, basically. And so like if you just listen to the audiobook, which I tend to do for a lot of like high fantasy books, because I'm like, I don't know how to pronounce any of this. You know, like Court of Thorns and Roses is a great example. Everybody produces it as like produced, pronounce it as Rysand. It's kind of like nobody knew how to pronounce Hermione's name until, you know, the Harry yeah. Potter author came out with that. But same kind of thing. But those were not taken from ancient culture language, real language. language and so that's that's been one of the many criticisms which I can a hundred percent see but I just wanted to mention that because that's a that's like maybe we need to work on that you know interesting <laughs> okay let's continue with some positive stuff before we go into like medium positive medium positive like like fun surprises and other stuff like that Oh, this is so okay. So okay, fun surprises. Uh, you told me to read an Ember in the Ashes. That was by the same author who wrote the book that you loved. Um, it was really good, but it did get a little dense. Okay, so first book, so fantastic that as soon as book one was done, I was like, and book two was not available at the library. I was, you know, how you can read the first couple uh, chapters on Kindle. Like that's what I was doing. I was just, mm -hmm. I was so invested. I won't say it because it's three books in and I don't want to like say spoilers, but I have this one trope that I freaking hate and Dana knows what it is. And it happens in the third book. And I quickly lost interest. Mm -hmm. Like I just... I was hope this is one of those tropes that um, I feel is the reason I hate it. I mean, I hate it for so, so many reasons, but I feel as though authors use it to create friction. And I feel like it's a little lazy. Mm -hmm. I feel like they can't think of anything else to like create friction. It's like the eighth season on a TV show. And so they implement this trope mm -hmm. and it never lasts. And so you just kind of have to wait it out until this trope is finished. And I just, I did not have the energy to get through it. But I did like that. I think the third book in that series is the weakest one. Because is the fourth the one definitely, like, you know, the gang's all back together and, like, explosive yeah. ending and all the things. But, yeah, I did, I do remember having trouble getting through the third one. But I love the first book so much. And you told me that shit goes down in the third book that are like big things. And I never got to that point. I think I DNF'd at 25%. But this is a DNF that I I plan to finish it at some point. I just, at the time, the book was a little too dense for what my life was doing. I would okay. do the audiobook because each POV has a different narrator. And that yeah. made it super interesting. Yeah, I really should. Because I, I do, I am curious. Okay, so then my other like pleasant surprise. Okay, so I loved Blood and Ash. I love that book so much. And they wrote, a, uh, the author wrote A Soul of Ash and Blood, which is literally the first book told from the guy's point of view. Because the books are single point of view. And so everyone like has wanted this for so long. Typically, books that are just rewritten book from someone else's point of view, they suck. Let's be real. <laughs> they absolutely suck. There has never been a good, like you read them. Even sometimes when authors do bonus chapters, you know how 
Um, they might do that for Barnes and Nobles to eat, increase sales. And they'll do a chapter that's already written from someone else's point of view. And it's the exact, like no new information provided. This book actually was a lot of new stuff. Oh, and cool. Repeated. Now, granted, I haven't read this book in a couple of years but, or um, Blood and Ash in a couple of years, but even repeated scenes, I loved it from his point of view. Like the angst was enough that I was so down about it. Now, yeah, so I, I love that. I'll give those twos because the other ones are like a little meh. Okay, let's see. My biggest surprise this year was in general, like getting into cozy fantasy where it's just like yeah. low stakes and stuff. And I think it was kind of emblematic of my reading year. Like I don't necessarily know what was going on, but I didn't feel like reading my typical like high fantasy or, you know, low fantasy or anything like that. And like even there was one series that I'm so proud of myself for finishing this year, which is, um, oh my God, it's one of the Shadowhunter series. Hold on. I need to get the name because they all sound so similar. The Dark Artifices. But I read the first book, which is like 600 pages or something, right? In 2018 or something like that. And then I ordered the second book when it came out and it got stolen off my doorstep. So I never read it. So I finally reread the first one read the second one and the third one this year. And I'm so proud of myself for finishing it because like rereading a 600 page book is no easy feat, right? And then of course, with any fantasy series, if the first one is starting off at 600 pages, the second one is gonna be like 750. And then the last one was like 890 or something like that. The audiobook was like 30, 38 or like 30 hours long or something like that. But I did really enjoy it. But besides that, I didn't really read any like big long series or anything this year. So I think I was just kind of like drawn to these cozy fantasies or whatever. But so one of the ones that was a huge surprise to me because I was just like flipping through Kindle Unlimited and I was like, oh, this looks fun. It was called A Modern Girl's Guide to Magic. I've never read anything like this before. It was just like such a fun time in like a seaside like British town and there's like witches and other stuff and I was like oh my god this is so fun so I read the second one in that series too and I really liked it and there's a third one um and then I also read same kind of vein um it's called The House Witch I think the la the author's name is Delam Hotch or something like that I'll write it in the show notes as always all of this will be in the notes um and linked but that was also just like a really fun time. I mean, that was a longer one. It was like 400 pages or something like that. But it was a good time. And then um, another contemporary romance I really liked was called um, The Roughest Draft by Emily Werberly. I think you would like this one. I think I recommended this to you because it's about two writers. Um, and, they're, and they've known each other like a long time ago. And then they're kind of like coming back together to both. They go on this like retreat to both like write their own books and they write in very different genres and stuff like that this I think so premise sounds similar to Beach Read by Emily Henry I liked this one so much better than that um and then the other surprise that was also a massive <laughs> like this is not what I usually read I talked about in our mid-year episode which was The Push by Ashley Audrain which is kind of like mystery thriller ish contemporary fiction and it was just like the last line of that book had my jaw on the floor and like the entire time you're just wondering like is the is the main character like telling the truth or is she an unreliable narrator like you don't know and then 
you don't know the answer to that until the last sentence of the last page of the book. So that was my surprise. Now that wasn't like a five star for me, but like I could not stop reading it. I couldn't stop listening to it. It was, I mean, it was a wild time. <laughs> do you want to go into disappointments or do you have any other positive things to say? Okay, so I have a medium positive thing. And I okay. mainly thought of it because of your cozy reading year. And that was Assistant to the Villain. Now this has been a pretty hyped book. And so I, again, I wish that I had had lower expectations for it because I was expecting like a really like, I don't know, like high energy fantasy read. It is not that. It's a cozy fantasy read and it is far more romance than not smutty at all. Like there's not a single line, like very like, like Caraval romance you know like more like YA but it's actually not advertised as YA it's advertised as like you know like adult romance which I was like is this is so confusing <laughs> um, because it would be completely acceptable for a child to read this like this would, could be like this is not the adult romance that I read <laughs> yeah not at all um and it was just it was very very cozy like it was cute it was like super easy to read um I just read it last month or the beginning of this month. So it was nice because like, you know, year end deadlines have mm -hmm. been so intense. And so it was like, it was cute, not a five star for me, but it, it was good. I just wish I had different expectations when I read it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So speaking of that, I think after we do our disappointments, I thought it would be fun to do like a rapid fire. Is this very hyped book? Like, is it worth it or not? Because I actually did read and I know you did too, like a lot of books that have a lot of hype. Maybe yeah. that was where we went wrong this year. Stay tuned to find out. But um, let's talk about disappointments because we have some so big many. ones, big ones this year. <laughs> okay, I have so many. Maybe we should volley back and forth because I feel okay. like I'm, otherwise I might talk for 20 minutes. Okay. <laughs> um, my biggest disappointment of the year was this book called Belladonna. And at our mid-year convo, I said that this was my most look forward to read. I had, you know, had reserved it from the library. It took me forever to, to get rid of it. It just sounds awesome. Like, what a sexy title, Belladonna. And the premise, by the way, is awesome. Listen to this premise. You're going you're gonna to want to read it. It's a girl that as a baby, she's at a, like, at a party. Her mom is carrying her and everyone at the party dies except this baby. This baby grows up to be a girl incapable of death to the point where she starts poisoning herself with belladonna berries. Whoa. Every time she does that, starting at age, I don't even know when, she starts to meet death. So not only does she defy death, but death is a character in the book. That's his name, death. And she meets him and they have to solve a mystery together. It's It sounds so awesome. It's described as a goth fantasy romance bull fucking shit like it's <laughs> like so YA you know there's different levels of YA okay so there's Caraval YA and then there's like Hunger Games um the Maze Runner and like those lower tiers of YA that it's really meant for middle schoolers and the writing style for this for me was just not cutting it it was just like hardly any detail. There was just, 
again, like think of like how I'm not sure if you've like read like the Hunger Games or the Maze Runner recently, but it's just yeah, there's not much dialogue. You can barely visualize something. It's it's just written at a lower reading level, and it was not cutting it for me. But it was one of those times where I wanted like to read this book so bad that I finished it. And then I started the sequel and I quit the sequel 20% in because I could not have given two shits less. Like I was like, I care about nothing that is happening. They tried to introduce a love triangle and I was genuinely hoping I like usually always root for the first person. I was genuinely hoping that the, the romance would shift to a new person just for something interesting to happen. I just... Yeah, it was not for me at all. Oh, oh God, that sucks. Because I remember being so excited about that halfway through the year. And the pre doesn't the premise sound cool? No. Yeah, honestly, speaking of like being glad you didn't buy it, that is something that I have been thinking about a lot this year because it is, I find, honestly, I can't off the top of my head think of, aside from Fourth Wing, one book that was released in this year where I'm like oh my god I need to buy that book or I'm super glad that I bought that book basically and this is something that I've been hearing about more and more um that like TikTok is turning the book publishing world into fast fashion basically and it's like authors are just facing so much pressure to have their books blow up on social media and they have to have a social media presence or the publisher will never sign them. And then once they do get signed, if their first book is like gangbusters or, you know, if whatever book for them is gangbusters, they then have to turn in the next book like so quickly and then edits are rushed and like all these different things and they aren't given the time to like hone their craft or anything like that, which is where something like Iron Flame comes up because this was a big disappointment for me and I'm not going to say any spoilers or anything like that but basically it just needed like 10 more rounds of edits <laughs> and like there were certain times where you know the first I think you know this is hard to say because the book is so long but I would say like the first you know 10 to 15 first 100 pages or something like that I was like okay okay I'm enjoying this like you know the first book really leaves on like a huge cliffhanger and you can tell that they're going to really build up the world and everything like that so the first 100 pages I'm like okay this is cool you know I like where we're going but then it, nothing would happen for 100 pages and then there would be explosion boom 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 so much plot blah 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 things are happening for 25 and then like another 50 pages of nothing happening and and Kara and I were texting each other and we we're like, what page are you on? What can we talk about? You know, it was just, uh, and yeah, I mean, I would have, if I hadn't bought this book, <laughs> I probably would have DNF'd it and just waited to see what other people said, which I think is going to be my MO going forward whenever new books come out is like, wait and see what people who have similar reading tastes to me are saying and what the majority of them are saying and then see if I want to read it because I have not had much success at all with new books at least this year and maybe that was the case last year too and maybe that was like a big part of why a lot of stuff was so meh I mean there are definitely exceptions to the rule but I think in general unfortunately that's kind of the trend of where a lot of stuff that I have seen is going at least. It's crazy to think it's like, how are YA publisher or YA authors going to get published? Because all tic TikTok cares about is sex. Like, and this is coming from someone like, I love my smut. Like, I will read everything. 
But honestly, I love a good why. Like my favorite book of all time, again, is Caraval. And that is not spicy one bit. But that, I don't think that would blow up on TikTok now at all because it doesn't have smut in it. No, but interestingly, do you want to go into the next one? Yeah, let's go there. Okay, so we both read and finished the Once Upon a Broken Heart series this year. Big disappointment. Oh, which is so hard. Dana was more disappointed than I was. And I, I had read the two before. So Dana wanted to binge them. But I had read two books before, like as soon as they came out and then Dana binged them. So Dana, do you want to take it? Because you were way super disappointed with book one. Yeah, I mean, so I th- I'm sure that part of the reason why you weren't as disappointed with book one as I was, because after we both read Caraval, we were both like starving for more of Stephanie Garber's writing, which is a really common sentiment for a lot of people to say. And actually, it's happening in the reverse as well, is a lot of people who enjoyed the Once Upon a Broken Heart series are now like, oh my god, we want to read Caraval because we love Stephanie Garber's writing. She's one of our favorite authors of all time. So Carval is very explosive and so many different things are happening and there's so many different threads to follow and it's like a magical game in all three of them. And then it follows a similar trilogy trajectory of like, you know, there's you're following this one, you know, aspect of the world in the first book and then it expands and then it expands again and you have to like figure out how it's all going to tie together and there's some kind of a mystery to solve and stuff like that which I loved every single bit of Carwell and I reread that entire series this summer before I read these three so when I read Wands of Prana Broken Heart I was just so annoyed by the main character Evangeline like she just seemed there's this line in Harry Potter's like she stop being such a daft dimbo like that's just how I felt about Evangeline she was so stupid and she was just like she was so annoying and so whiny and like all she ever wanted was her own love story which like fine so does everybody but also she was just so like oh woe is me and like why isn't this just all happening to me and blah 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 and it was just so annoying to me and then like I don't know it felt like nothing that happened in the first book actually mattered at all once you got to the second book it was basically like the first book was like a prequel to the second one because the second one felt like I was reading Caraval again it felt like Stephanie Garber again it felt like the entire first book was just like exposition and then you get to the second book and you're like oh this is what I was looking for and I really enjoyed the second one but then the third one felt like we took half of the first book and like a third of the second book, and then a POV from a character that, why did we have that one? Why did we have this POV? I hated that POV in the third book, and I really wanted a different POV, and I won't say who it is, but like, oh, it was so annoying. So in general, this series for me was a disappointment overall, even though like, I do like the second book. So to give you an idea, like I gave away the first book, I gave away the third book, I'm keeping the second book. <laughs> And like, okay, for anyone listening, it's like lesson lesson of the year is clear, clearly expectations is everything, right? Okay, so if you haven't read this, don't necessarily write it off. It's just- Oh my God, so many people loved it. So many people loved, loved it. it. Some people like it and don't like Caraval, which I'll never understand. But Same. I digress. <laughs> you know, people are into different things. It's cool. But it's just, Caraval, again, is my favorite book in the world. And so- I had insanely high expectations and those expectations were not met. And I completely agree with Dana. I was telling Dana the whole time while she was reading first book, 
because she was just texting me saying how bored she was. And I say, <laughs> yeah, it's not great, but book two makes up for it. Like book mm-hmm. two lives up. And I totally stand by that. Book three, I know what POV you're to- talking about. I actually liked that POV because it. I feel I feel as though without it, the book would have been a little boring. And it yeah. was already, oh my god, it would have been was, so boring if it was just her. Yeah, it was already teetering on, you know, n- not much happening. What annoyed me most in it is this is the end of that trilogy, and Stephanie Garber is currently writing something else. She keeps calling it secret project on Instagram, but people believe that she's finally leaving this world because Caraval and Once Upon a Broken Heart are in the same world and just so many loose ends. It was, it was just, it was just maddening. I mean, it goes back to Dana, what you were saying of just why did she even write this in the first book? Because it was never mentioned again. So many characters, the only two characters I felt that had a clean ending were the two main characters. Mm -hmm. Everyone else, I was kind of like, why, why did you even have these characters? Because I know. I, I had so many questions. Like what? And I can't really say it because just even mentioning these characters is a spoiler. But nothing was tied up. And to the point where I was like, I couldn't figure out if she was leaving things open to then build off a side story in this world. Or if they were glaring plot gaps. Yeah. And the unfortunate thing about that is like looking at all of, I loved the side characters in this story. Like I thought the side characters, aside from the main male love interest, who everyone (laughs) loves, um, I thought the side characters were so interesting and there was so much potential there. And I felt like even if you're going to write another story or give these characters their own story and really flush it out with exposition and everything, their storyline in this trilogy was just completely left open. Like they didn't even have any resolution. It would be like, you know, we had a conversation and then we just didn't finish the conversation. It's like, oh, well, I will continue this conversation in like the next book that is not even in this trilogy, which is very different from like the end of the second book has this like bombastic cliffhanger. But you know in the next book that that's going to be resolved. We don't know if there's going to be another book in this world maybe maybe not but yeah it just and it is funny though because some people who had not read Carval before that once upon a broken heart five stars glowing all of that I think if you similar with fourth wing with how we talked about right if you adjust your expectations and you go into once upon a broken heart and you're like I'm gonna read a modern like a modern as in like 2020 2020s right edition of a fairy tale with really flowery writing and that's your expectation going into it, I think you'll like it. But if you go into it after reading Carval and you're you're like, oh my gosh, I want more of this like plot and these intertwining characters and there's so many different pieces that are moving and I'm intrigued and there's so many different mysteries and everything like that. That's not what Once Upon a Broken Heart is like at all. So <sighs> unfortunately, that was so disappointing. <laughs> I'll still read anything that she writes, but that was not... The trilogy for me. Okay. Should I talk about the super dirty book I read? Because it is a yeah. super dirty book. Okay. All right. <laughs> so, TikTokers, I read Hunting Adeline. Is it Adeline or Adeline? I don't know. I haven't read it. <laughs> I read it. Supposedly, this is like the dirtiest book you can read 
ever. Everyone says that it is just like you are in to it's not really like I wouldn't describe it as BDSM because there's not really like any toys or anything. But if you're like into force and like morally gray, morally like very troubled um, male characters, this is what you're supposed to read. Is like consent an issue in here? Uh, yeah, big, 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 big. Okay, that's another thing. So there's like there's like a term for it, like girls who are into like cons- like pretending not to consent, but they're really consenting. You know what I mean? Okay, it's like an established thing. It's kind of like a Fifty Shades of Grey thing where they're like power over. Okay, so that's the thing. There's a term for it. I apologize that I don't know what it is. So that's the first book. The second book, no consent. The second book, trigger warning, is about rape. Straight up. She is, I think it's important to say this explicitly, in the sequel, she is gangbang raped and sold into sex slavery. Straight up. My jaw's on the ground right now. Yeah. And that's like not a chapter. That's the book. Like, what that's is this book's rating on Goodreads. Hold on. You keep talking. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you'll see it. Like, people are like seeing that for like other things where like other Kindle Unlimited books where consent is questionable, I guess. This is, yeah, this is rape, like straight up. People need to know this. First one, Haunting Adeline. And then the second book is called Hunting Adeline. Okay. So the first book has 320,000 ratings on Goodreads, 4.01 average rating. Second book, 211,000 ratings, 4.15 average rating. Yeah. And also, let's remember, books this dirty, people don't put on their Goodreads. I am talking about this on the podcast, but it's not on my Goodreads right now. So I I bet this book has millions of readers, but who went, you know, Goodreads profiles are public. And so they don't really put that. And I'm saying this as someone who has like openly read it and it's not on my Goodreads account. Okay, so yeah, you need to know that about your the second book, big time. The first book, let's just like go back to that. Okay, so can you have all this like very, it's like, it sounds intriguing if you're into like, again, like it's not not even like a morally gray character. It's Some people gray. are super into dark romance, you know? Super into dark romance. Like that's what it is. It's like, that's the audience, right? And so the premise sounds like the premise is a stalker who wants to kill her, but also is in love with her and wants to screw her. And so that's like the whole thing. Like that's what people are obsessed about. And so I'm like, all right, baby, like, let's go. Let's see what this is about. (laughs) I was like, I was not drawn in at all. Like the writing, terrible. The um, plot details, horrible. This guy is a hacker. And that just, that's like how it's described. He'll, there are literally sentences in this book that says, I can do this because of my hacking skills. I'm like in 2023, you couldn't have done a quick Google search and like found something more, I don't know, <laughs> convincing to write than otherwise, oh, I can do this because of my hacking skills. Like who says that? Literally like no one. Not hackers. <laughs> not hackers. It was just so unbelievable. Right. Like I'm so aware I'm reading a book. I am not lost in it. Like one, like one bit. Also, as far as like, you know, morally gray book boyfriends, I was not drawn in. Like, no, I've read far less dirtier books and dirtier books. Like, let's be real. Um, 
where I was like more into the main character, like the male, the main male lead. Yeah. It just did not draw me in. That's a lot. I'm not going to read that. <laughs> yeah. It does not leave, live up to the hype on so many levels. Also, how is their hype? That's what I'm a little bit more concerned about. Like, I'm not here to judge anyone's reading tastes, but like, do I think everyone who likes that second book needs therapy? Probably. <laughs> totally. Totally. But also like, think of it like, well, okay. No, the second book is, let's just take the second book out of the equation. Okay. Because okay. Yes. So far trigger warning. Like I, I was like, whoa, I mean, I read anything and I was kind of like, whoa, but the first book, when you say like, oh, people that read that need therapy, think of like the millions of people that read, read 50 shades of gray. As long as we're on that topic, just what, so you can understand what I'm dealing with here. 50 Shades of Ray, Gray was written a thousand times better than this book. That's how, wow. that's how poor the writing quality was. And 50 Shades of Gray is Twilight fan fiction. Yes. <laughs> yes. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I have heard a lot of people talk about Haunting Adeline. I didn't even know there was a sequel, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but I mean, hey, people, you know, people like dark shit. That's not a me thing. Yeah, I I was a, I even like me, like I like dark shit, but I was, it, it I was surprised it got published. Like it, it was one of those things where I was like, holy crap, this is really happening. And I thought it was going to be one scene. Yeah. No, that's, that's the book. Oh my God. Like you reading a book about this. Yeah. I don't know. I do not understand that, but it's not for me to understand so <laughs> not for me to understand you know whatever um okay other disappointing book <laughs> I had this is a completely different other completely side. different no, story yes no smut in this book whatsoever but this was such a disappointing one for me actually two of them so the my top three most disappointing books are all from my favorite authors that no. is why they are disappointing. Oh, that's well, so like The Once Upon a Broken Heart, one, huge disappointment. Even though I will say I really did enjoy the second book, but the first one and the third one were big disappointments for me, right? Then the other one, which is I think was like my first read of the year, um, start off the year great, <laughs> was um, – and I talked about this last year on our best books of 2022 episode. One of my favorite books of the year was Strange the Dreamer by Lainey Taylor, who also wrote the Daughter of Smoke and Bone trilogy, which like I loved and you didn't. But we are who we are, you know. But the second book in Strange the Dreamer was such a disappointment. It was like it went in such a different direction. Like I loved Strange the Dreamer so much. It was like really cool, very descriptive writing, like also a lot of plot. And it was like so many different intertwinings, uh, not even storylines, but almost like different times of the future and the past were kind of like clashing in this interesting fantasy world. And the library is like a huge aspect of this as well. Um, and then the second one went like hard sci-fi. And this this is a duology. And immediately we're introduced to all these people who you have no idea who they are, how they have any connection to this story whatsoever. And you start off by following them. And you're like, am I reading a different series? Like what is going on? And then it does the fantasy thing where like everyone comes together at the end. But it just, I don't know. It was like I was reading a completely different book from a completely different author. And it was super disappointing. So I got rid of the first book. And then 
the other one I had I think I mentioned this on our halfway episode but like you guys know I love The Night Circus by Aaron Morgenstern and I have read and listened to it a couple different times Kara doesn't like this book but The Starless Sea which is the only other book that she has written was such a disappointment and I don't know if it was because it was just wrong place wrong time because like a lot of these books on here are right place right time books you know like why did why were they a great surprise it was right place right time you know are they five stars no but it was really fun you know I think this was partially the opposite effect and partially also nothing happens in this book I I was like at least halfway into this four 500 page book or something like that and it kills me to say this because the book is so beautiful it is one of the most beautiful books that I owned but I got rid of it because halfway through I was like I can't do this like nothing is happening I'm spacing out like I don't know and my mom actually did read it and I was like so did you like it and she's like yeah it was fine and I was like okay that tells me all I need to know if it was just fine and I'm already feeling so annoyed about this then I'm just not going to continue so that was a big disappointment for me too. Um, okay, I have one to add. And I completely forgot about it because it was the first half of the year. And I'm thinking second half. But on, uh, okay, you're going to hate this, but Bloodmarked. Big disappointment. Oh, yeah. And I, I, and I said that. I usually avoid good re- other Goodread commenters unless I have that feeling of are other people thinking the same things I am. And I always feel, I always go for like the three star people because I feel like those are the most like in the middle headed people, you know, they're giving credit. <laughs> yeah. where credits are, they're not just ranting, you know, they're saying, okay, this was good, but I really didn't enjoy this. And so I went for the three stars and, and people were like, listen, I'm literally giving this three stars because I loved book one, but I did not enjoy book two. It was one of those books that again, tragically long. For no reason. Would have been such a better book if it was 150 pages shorter. I can barely remember what happened. I read it this year. I know it was the beginning of the year. And I, yeah, I can barely remember what happened. It also has that trope that I hate. Ugh. And <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I think you can say it because that's not, okay. I don't think that's a spoiler at all. Okay. Uh, I hate when main characters are separated. And a main character in book one maybe has, he's literally in one scene in book two. No way. See, now you're making me feel like I gave a spoiler with that jaw drop. No, I mean, I'm just surprised because. Yeah, because you expect it to get resolved. Well, it does. It's interesting because like with with the Ember and the Ashes series, with what happens, and I don't remember what book this happens in. But with the way that things are going, you can tell why, at least with the plot, like why two of them have to be separated. Like you're so annoyed and you're like, really, do we have to do this? But like you can kind of see why. After reading the end of Legendborn, it doesn't make sense that people would be separated, you know? And like maybe they explain it in there. But also I heard recently that the third book is not going to come out until 2025 so I don't feel as bad that I haven't read the second book yet because I'm gonna have to reread it so and maybe I shouldn't be saying anything because look at I mean again look at Iron Flame everyone thinks that that was kind of a disappointment because the publisher was rushing to publish it so quickly Mm -hmm. but man I don't think that was the case with Bloodmarked though that book took like two years to come out Mm mm-hmm 
Yeah. yeah. Now it's taking another like two or three years to publish book three. Usually it's like a year in between. So yeah, it's like a long time to wait. And I'm not sure how, like if my interest, you know, I'm interested to see what happens because very little was resolved in book two. Actually nothing was resolved. Um, so it's, I do, I am curious, but yeah, it will be interesting to see if I can finish that series for sure. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, I loved, I think not last year, but the year before Legendborn was my number one book of that year. Oh yeah. It's great. It's fantastic. Oh, and it's one of those things it. like, okay, yeah, I will try to push through, but it's, yeah, it was kind of tough. Yeah. Okay. So speaking of popular books, let's do our like rapid fire. These books are super hyped. Is it worth it or not? And you can give, I think let's both say like, yes, no, or haven't read it. And then we can do like a little bit of an explanation if we want to. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So we already kind of did fourth wing and iron flame. Fourth wing, I would say yes. Iron flame. No. (laughs) Iron flame. No, but I'm still going to read the third one. Yeah. Did you finish iron flame? No, I, <laughs> it's important for the readers to know I have 200 pages left and I just, I'm in one of those spots where I'm just at a dead spot. And frankly, it's December and I have end of the year deadlines. I'm like, I need something that is going, I don't have mental capacity to deal with this. I would say if you're going to read Iron Flame, just wait until the next book comes out. <laughs> yeah, I second that. I'm going to put, I'm just going to put an author, which is Allie Hazelwood. <laughs> you go. <laughs> nope. I read one book and it did not do it for me. Yeah. Can't invest any more time in it. Yeah. I would say half and half because Love Hypothesis was a no for me. Love Theoretically was a yes for me. I am intrigued to read her latest release, which is actually a YA, but it's Check and Mate. And I love chess. So I will read that one. <laughs> um, okay. Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow. Have you read this Never one? Read it. Never okay. read it. Never heard of it. I read it. Not worth it. Okay. It's like two, two, it's like a character study. There are two main characters who are video game designers and it follows their friendship relationship over their whole lives and like all these different things that happen to them. And I didn't like it. So no, <laughs> but that's an unpopular opinion. I would say. I mean, they're all hyped books. So I have, anything that we say we don't like is going to be an unpopular opinion technically. Yeah, that's very true. Well, I would say Iron Flame, that is a popular opinion. Yeah, people are not happy. People are pissed. People are bored. They're just bored. Mm -hmm. Okay, The Inheritance Games. So worth it. So worth it. And what makes The Inheritance Games great, Dana, this is a perfect book for you because it is something that is so rare that it is the perfect blend of like, adrenaline fantasy, although it's not, it's not fantasy, actually, it could, you know, uh, but adrenaline fiction. And then also cozy read. Mm. Usually it's one or the other. And I think it's like the perfect blend. Okay. Well, I have it from my cousin, so I'll read it soon. Read it. You would (laughs) love it. Um, Legends and Lattes. I don't think you've read, but I thought was fun. Um, Of Court of Thorns and Roses. You can delineate between the first book and the series in general. Um, I think series in general is absolutely worth it. I read the second one. It was so freaking awesome. I immediately walked to the library to buy the third one. But then again, I it's a 600 page book and yeah. I read I think 200, 250 pages. And I had, it just happened like with my job. I just have to be creative in writing. Mm-hmm. So I had something due 
And so I was like, I can't read this right now. I need something easier. And mm-hmm. then it's just been sitting on my shelf, but I yeah. will absolutely finish it. It's totally worth it. Yeah, I, I would agree. The first book I did not love. I definitely kind of compartmentalize it in my mind as like a prequel to the rest of the series. Yeah. Loved book two, loved book three. It did take me longer to get through. Um, And I liked Silver Flames as well. I didn't love it as much as other people did. Um, but it is a really interesting character study in mental health. Um, and I mean, the plot stuff that happens in that book, crazy, crazy, way better than Iron Flame. <laughs> um, speaking of Sarah J. Moss, Throne of Glass. Oh, this is so tough. I'm going to say worth it, but I had serious issues with that series. It just, she should have ended it at five books or something. Or just, just cut out six. Cut out six. Don't make seven a thousand pages. But overall, there I mean there there were some absolute five star reads and I still think about it. Oh my god, me too. I want to do a reread, even though that'll take me like over a year. A year? No, it won't. It's like two days. Yeah. This is Throne of Glass is I would say one of probably one of my top three series that I've read in my adult life, but is a massive commitment. Like it's it's eight books. Yeah. (laughs) Too many. (laughs) Um Mm -hmm. I mean, I love I loved almost everything about that series. I do agree that the sixth book could have just been like a novella or something like that. But you know what? I also enjoyed it. I went into that book and I was like, I don't think I'm gonna like this, and I came out of it liking it. But I think I might be in the minority for that. But I did love <laughs> that series. Um, Shatter me. I haven't read this, but you have. I did read it. I read the whole series this year. I would say worth it. Definitely. Yeah. Um, has that thing where like the first three books were so freaking awesome. Five star reads across like five, 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 just amazing. And she should have ended it at say like five books. It just, oh. it got a little too long, but okay, awesome series. And off campus series by L. Kennedy. Oh my God. So worth it. I okay. was so invested. It's like the perfect cozy read. It's about hockey players who are super hot. But I t- um, gave these books to my friend Meg Dahl and she couldn't finish one of them and she gave them all back to me. <laughs> and know Meg, Meg is going to be on the podcast in like a month. Like we interviewed her like two oh, weeks I- ago or something and her episode's going to come out end of January. So you guys me. will get to meet her now. Um, okay. Have you read People We Meet on Vacation by Emily Henry? Yes. The orange one? <laughs> I, yes, the orange one. I would say that's worth it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you- I enjoyed that one too. I have heard the newer Emily Henry books are not as good. I read Book Lovers, boring. Yeah, I think. that was not worth it. Um, and then I did not read the one that came out this year. I think it's called Happy Place, and I don't think I'm going to read the one that comes out next year either. Yeah. To be honest, um, okay, we mentioned this before. Flint Blood and Ash. I have your book, and I read it this year, and I did really enjoy it. So yeah, like it. Absolutely worth it. The series, again, that's like the common theme. It's like publishers just give authors a boatload of money. Like I think these authors generally go in thinking they're going to write three books and then they're making bank. And so the publisher is like, I need another six, three books and they're just overdone. Well, isn't, yeah. Isn't the from blood and ash thing. Like people really say the fourth book really goes off the deep end for that one or something. Okay. Like books one and two. So freaking awesome. Book three, I mean, oh my gosh, it's been like two or three years, so I can't even remember. But books four and 
five or whatever. It just gets weird. Okay. <laughs> Good to know. All right. So I'll read the first three. <laughs> and the author keeps like breaking her own rules. Like she'll be like, this is this person. Okay. This is like, he's like, this is not what happens, but it would be as if this person in Twilight, they would be like, Jacob is a werewolf. Never mind. Jacob is a werewolf and a vampire. Wait, no, no, no. In book three, Jacob is a werewolf a vampire and a goblin. And then in book four, it's like Jacob is a werewolf, a vampire, a goblin, and a, I don't even know what Something else. <laughs> a fairy. That's literally what it does. And so you're just kind of like, again, you, it just, it breaks the magic of the book. You just don't believe it. You just don't believe it anymore. You're like, this person has been reinvented like seven times. I don't even believe like why this is dumb. So you said assistant to the villain before. Would you say yes on that? Yes. Just know what you're reading. It's a cozy romance with zero smut. And the fantasy is like tiny, tiny. Okay. Have you read the Southern Book Club's Guide to Slaying Vampires by Grady Hendricks? Hendricks? Yeah. No. Okay. Um, this is like a very popular book on YouTube. I don't know. I don't think it's on TikTok or anything because it was like from a couple of years ago. And it's basically like these Southern moms in, I want to say it's South Carolina or something like that. And they start a book club. Um, and this vampire moves to town and then all these murders and stuff start happening and they're like trying to solve it. When I pitch it like that, that sounds fun. You know what I found out with this book? I'm a wuss. I cannot handle it <laughs> because there is a scene and I did not get that far into this book. I DNF'd it. There is a scene where somebody's neighbor, I guess, gets like turned into a vampire or something like that. And the one of the, the main character like finds this woman outside, like in the dark, like eating a raccoon, basically. And there's just like blood everywhere and all this stuff. I was terrified. I was like, I cannot read this. I'm a wuss. I don't even care. I also found this out about the YA series called A Good Girl's Guide to Murder by Holly Jackson, which, by the way, is getting made into a TV show. I couldn't even handle that. I'm a wuss. It's what I'm finding out. I can't do, like, very descriptive murder mystery, um, which, like, sometimes I'm fine. I think with thrillers, I can do, like, I love psychological thriller. It's like, I think that's really cool. I also read uh, Daisy Darker this year, which is like, and in the, and then there were none retelling, which like, I didn't have a problem with that. So I don't know what it was about these two, but I was just, oh, it's Halloween. I'm going to read some spooky books. No, I'm not. Cause I'm a wuss. So like <laughs> other people love these, but it was not for me. So if you're a scaredy cat like me, they will not be for you. Love it. Uh, do you have any other hyped books? Hey, I'm reading one right now. Ooh. Um, the Divine Rivals. Oh, Super- Super hyped this year. Yeah. Oh boy. Nothing is happening. I am 30% in and I, uh, it's like one of those things that I'm just like, I am so bored. Oh no. I don't, under, it's not. And like, I finally, I went to Goodreads cause I was like, this is so hyped. This is like a million, it's like 4.5 on yeah. so many five-star ratings. So many people have said that this is like the book of the year. It's just, nothing is happening. And so again, I went to the three star people and they were just like, listen, this is not a fantasy book. And it's not. There's oh. there's a war between gods going on in the background. There. I've given you all the fantasy in the entire book with that one sentence. That's all that happens. 
like there's not magic going on. There's like a magic typewriter or something. But other than that, there's no fantasy. And a lot of people have said the exact same thing. Like this book feels like historical fiction of World War One or something. Like it's just like nothing is happening. And so it's just like about these like two journalists who are competing for the same job position and are obviously going to fall in love. Uh-huh. Okay. So it's like a it's like a romance, historical fiction romance, basically. That's what it gods. feels like. It's not, I'm like, the, I think like, yeah, it's, this is not fantasy. Oh, I mean, maybe if you go into it, it sounds like if people like historical fiction and they like they romance, like then they yeah. will like that book. You know what that kind of sounds like? I think I, I can't remember if I read this last year or the year before. It's called Lovely War by Julie Berry. Um, I can't remember if it's I think it's World War One also. Um, it's multiple POV and it is told the kind of love story the various love stories that are happening with these people that are separated or meeting because of the war that's going on on different continents and everything like that um, is actually told from the perspective of the Greek gods. So that was pretty cool because I had never read anything like that before. But you go into it with that is the expectation. You know what I mean? Like I wasn't – if someone marketed that as a fantasy book, I would be like, what? <laughs> so yeah. maybe that's what went wrong with it. But yeah, I've only heard good things about Divine Rivals so far. That's good to know. I'm not, I'm not quitting it yet, but oh, she needs to pick up because she's she's slow. I think the second book is coming out soon. If we had to recommend anything that we'd read this year, aside from obviously the Bridge Kingdom. <laughs> oh, um, again, it was it was um, first semester, so to speak, and yeah. that's the the Prison Healer, okay. and that book is awesome. Like across all fun fronts, total five stars. Third, um, Shatter Me, I, I would recommend. It is long, so you just need to like know that. And then the fourth one that I would recommend, and honestly, I might recommend it above Shatter Me, is um, This Woven Kingdom and These Infinite Threads. This, the okay, so it's written by the exact same author that wrote Shatter Me. And I loved the first book so much that I told myself that I was not going to read the second one until the third one came out and I totally caved. <laughs> it is so funny because nothing happens in the second book. The second book literally takes place over the course of 36 hours. Absolutely nothing happened. And I freaking loved it. Like I Does have it go no fast though, because it's 36 hours. I have no idea. I just like, I just enjoyed it. And like, okay. I read so many like Goodreads reviews that were like, Nothing happened in this book and it was fabulous. And that is exactly <laughs> what I feel. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Very interesting. Okay. I would definitely, I think All My Rage by Sabah Tahir is something that anybody can read. Highly recommend. Um, the other two that I would say, and I think I mentioned these last year, is I read two more of the Tita Rosie's Kitchen Mysteries series by Mia P. Manatsala. And these are, again, cozies, but they're cozy mysteries. Um, and I read number three and four in that. I don't remember the number name of number three, but the fourth one is called Murder and Mamon. So fun. Loved those. They were great. So if you're just looking for like a fun, good time that also has a mystery, I would definitely recommend those. Yeah. What about what do you want to read next? And then we can roast ourselves next year when we ultimately oh, don't read these God. books. But I'm really looking forward to reading them. <laughs> I am 
So looking forward to, I cannot wait until January, Destroy the Day, which is book three in um, Defy the Night by Bridget Kemmerer. This book has been five stars across the board. I honestly think that Bridget Kemmerer might be my favorite author, even above, even though Stephanie Garber wrote my favorite book of all time, I can't say she's my favorite author anymore. Like I have never read something by Bridget Kemmerer that I don't like. Like it's have just, you read I all of her, her series? I have not read all of them because she's written quite a few, um, but she's a fantastic writer. And again, she just understands pacing. That's my most look forward to. And then also the third, um, this Woven Kingdom book, I'm really looking forward to. Yeah, I think the only new release that I know of that I'm looking forward to next year is the third book in the Black Sun trilogy by Rebecca Roanhorse, um, which I think I talked about this last year. I loved Black Sun. I have it. If you need to read it, let me know because I've not even started it. Yeah, I mean, that was unlike anything I'd ever read before. So cool. Um, I didn't like the second book as much, but I understand why it did why it did or what it did. So I think the third book is called Mirrored Realms or something like that. And the trilogy is called Between Earth and Sky. Oh my God, I cannot wait for that book. And this is an author that's actually taking their time reading, writing their books. So hopefully it's going to be good. Um that's really the only new release that I know of or I'm looking forward to. Um, a reread that I want to do next year because Karen and I figured out this year that I've never finished the series is The Red Queen. <laughs> so I read wow. and loved the first three books. I think it was the thing where like I read them when they came out and then it was so long until the fourth book Warstorm came out and then I didn't remember what happened I was like I'm gonna need to reread this and then I never read it so that is I do want to do that her new series that I'll throw that one in the ring I have been waiting to read okay so what's I don't remember the name of the title of this series but I know the title of the last book is called Fate Breaker it's first called one like is something they're all something Realm- Realm Breaker? Realm Breaker. Realm Breaker. Because I loved Red Queen. Red Queen was my favorite book until I read Caraval. And I was like, and she's such a good author and she's famous, famous for her cliffhangers and her twists. Yeah. And, and I was like, how, like Red Queen, whoa, that turn, no one saw it coming. It's still famous to this day. Um, also, Red Queen is becoming a series, so you have to reread it before it comes out. Oh, it's becoming a TV series? Okay. Yeah. Although it's definitely been in the works for like forever, but I hear that they're <laughs> finally freaking doing it. Okay. Um, I remember it being so good. And honestly, so we had talked about this before is like, there are so many books that came out around that time, which is just like a prime era of the type of books that we love to read. So I'm looking forward to reading backlist books yeah. this year. So no for example, like, anymore and I hate it. I know. I'm looking forward to reading books that I've heard from many many people are some of their favorite series of all time from like a little while ago so like The Diviners is something that I've heard really good things about which is by Libra Bray um which funny enough I have read some of her books from when I think I was like in high school or something the first one is called A Great and Terrible Beauty and then Rebel Angels I think is the second one and I when I heard about the diviners I was like I've heard that name before and I was like oh my god I've read this before funny so we'll see about that um I also really want to read The City of Brass by S.A. Chakaborty I think because I loved Ember in the Ashes 
I will love that series. So I really hope that I will. Um, And then I also really want to read both Brandon Sanderson and Octavia E. Butler this year. Those are two of the things that I want to do. So we'll see. (laughs) I had to open my Goodreads to add to this. Okay. I really want to read The Serpent and the Wings of Night because it's supposed to be like, like romanticy is my jam, like fantasy romance. Like that's supposed to be amazing. Um, I need to read the next Inheritance Games book. It came out with a fourth book and they're also like kind of stand, like I think it's supposed to be kind of a standalone book. So I have no problem like reading that. Yeah, I just had such a rough reading year. It's kind of sad. I know. I think going back to older books is really going to help. I think so too. Because it was before TikTok. Yeah. And when I think about when some of my favorite series that I have read were published, Mm -hmm. it's around the same time that these books were published, right? Like when in 20, I think it was like 2018, 2019, 2020, I was having such great luck with series like Carval and, uh, where was I going? Daughter of Smoke and Bone. And then like the Legend series by Marie Lu and Warcross and all these other ones. Like all of the books that I have on my shelves that I've read are basically books from like that era, which is like between- 2015. Yeah, like I was going to say like 2014 and like 2019 or something like that, you know? And I'm like, okay, I just want to read more books that were super popular during that time. Another one that I do want to read, LOL, because I mentioned this last year, is Jade City. Because I have only heard epic things about that series. And that and The Poppy War are both newer series than that. I think they may have started coming out like 2017. It was like... 2017, 2018, 2019 for the second one, and then 2020, 2021 for the third one. And those are two of the series that I have heard the most things about and like positive things about. I wouldn't say that the series themselves are not positive. (laughs) Let's put it this way. Like the Poppy War is a brutal fantasy world. I mean, it all sounds really cool. I have some of them on my shelves. So I'm like, I don't even need to go outside. I have, you know, books at home. But then you get shiny object syndrome. And you're like, ooh, this new book. I'm going to get it from the library. Ooh, this new book is on sale at Target. Yep. Like, I'll just scoop that one up. And then you never end up reading the books that you've had on your shelves for like two years. I'm like, what am I doing? It, I look at my shelves and I'm like, why do you just have a never ending to-do list on here? Great. <laughs> right. And it's also so hard because... On social media, which is where I get a ton of inspiration for what I'm going to read next, no one is talking about old books. Like everyone, like everyone is just like talking about like new releases and stuff. And like, oh, also authors obviously need to promote their own stuff. I don't have a problem with it. But if you click on a single Kindle ad for a book, you will see a million of those ads. And it's just like, it's hard to differentiate between something that's a true recommendation and things that are just like, you know, pushing their own work, which like, which they should by yeah. all means. Just like, it's really hard to find like good recs for old completed series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I am looking forward to reading old completed series because I think that will really launch my reading year into a good place. Or, you know, if there are good books that are coming out and there are so many different, you know, glowing reviews and everything like that. Even if I'm a thousandth in line at the library, I'm just going to yeah. wait. <laughs> you know? 
that was a thousand for me on um fourth Fourth wing, wing right insane i will say that's the only thing that again i love i want to read completed series because i forget what happens and things but it's really hard to wait on a book that's so overhyped because there are so many spoilers out there because yeah. that's what happened with me for a corn of thorns and roses i think this is important i should like mention this um book one it's like, it's like i might as well just like say what happens at the end of book one and the beginning of book two kind of thing because everyone knows it but um if you don't, there is a huge shift from book one to book two. And I knew the entire time what that shift was because yeah. media like ruined it for me. Yeah. And so I knew the entire time. So it was hard to even like believe book one. Mm-hmm. Um, I just kind of like got through it. So I knew what was going on. And so that's hard. It's just like it's hard to wait on hyped book until they're completed because spoilers. I've, I've already seen spoilers about Iron Flame. I'm like, this book has been out for less yeah. than a month. I know. Like, That's why we both people. bought it and started reading it because we were like, yeah. we're going to get spoiled if we don't, which is I, so annoying. But I think the older a series is, unless it's getting like repopularized right now, like everyone is losing their freaking minds over Sarah J Moss and everything like that. Um, but with older stuff, like you don't hear about Red Queen anymore. You don't hear Never. about City of Brass anymore. You don't hear about Mistborn anymore, you know, by Brandon Sanderson and this other stuff. So I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to go back there. <laughs> but hey, we love books. I had been so excited to talk about this for like weeks. And honestly, I've, I've been thinking about this a lot because I'm like, how do I not do this same thing again next year? I'm going to just read older books because you know what? Like I have had the most success with reading books that I get that are older from the book sale. Yeah. That's where, that's how I found Caraval. That's how I found Ember in the Ashes. That's because they're like random books that I just picked up and I read the back and I was like, oh, this sounds cool. Like that was basically before I really started using Goodreads for anything. You know what I mean? Um, Yeah. Cause it's like, and that, and for me, it's so hard because it's like the books that I love are like, you like, you have to put effort into your, reading right it's yeah. like it's a workout you know you need to like like spend energy to get a good workout in and it's like the same thing it's like good books take a lot of energy mm-hmm. but it's just like when my when I mean you know it's like when work is insane then I can't do that like first of all it's like those books are bingeable and so it's like I physically cannot read this right now because I'm afraid that I will get nothing done and I have a deadline today like yeah. that's problem number one or then, like, problem number two is, like, I can't, like, stop. Like, it's, like, so, like, if it's a really dense book, like, Iron Flame or Court mm-hmm. of Thorns and Roses, it's, like, to get through the lulls of the book, it's, like, that takes yeah. energy to, like, toughen it out. And it's just, like, mm-hmm. I can't. I have nothing left to give. Yeah. And honestly, I think that's why I started randomly reading these, like, fluffy contemporary romances, you know? which and like why I read so much, like, smutty Kindle books. Yeah. Yeah. But honestly, like some of some of these contemporary romances like the one that I was talking about part of your world there's some like her the main girl character her parents and her ex-husband are like emotionally abusive like you don't see that on page to her but you can see how like both her father and her husband 
yeah, her husband are complete narcissists. Everything is about then. Everything is about, you know, putting on appearances and all this other stuff. And then she like goes to this small town randomly and she meets this local guy who has like a freaking baby goat. And it's just like so cute. <laughs> and yeah. now I've read, you know, I really like the author's writing style. And I was like, oh, okay. So then I just got another one from the library by her called Yours Truly or The Friend Zone or something like that. And I was just like, you know what? I'm going to try this and see how it goes because why not? I also, okay, if you want a Christmas romance, I think it's called Holiday Romance. Let me get my Kindle. Hold on. Because I've heard from multiple people that it's good. Don't worry. I have the Bridge Kingdom on my Kindle. Oh my God. It's so good. I should have mentioned that. So again, like the Bridge Kingdom, it's going to be like six books, but it's like every every two, it's basically a new series. It's like a dual. It's like pairs of duologies, you know? So the the next duology is now complete. So now I'm like, okay, now I can actually read this. Oh, yeah. It's called Holiday Romance by Katherine Walsh. It's on Kindle Unlimited, and I've heard really good things about it. So I'm going to read that this week. Also, you know what I realized? We never even mentioned how many books we read this year. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Well, I don't know because I had to leave out so many of my smutty books, but I can, like, guess. It's It's been bad. I had a low year. Ballpark. I did, too. Okay, so my Goodreads says 52, so that probably means I read 60. Yeah. I read um, also 64 books this year, which is Oh, funny. wow. We were kind of the same book. It's, it was kind of hard. Yeah. And I was, looking at, I was looking at last year, and I read 78 books, but last year I read 23 volumes of manga. This year I read 61 volumes of manga. Oh, my God. <laughs> Manga are like 150 pages of oh, a comic okay. strip. That in basically. addition to your other books. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I read 64 books. Normal fiction, books. Fiction, nonfiction. Yeah. And then 61 volumes of manga, which was a lot. Because obviously I wasn't having a great time reading. So I was just like, I'm just going to read five volumes on, which a lot of it is on Kindle Unlimited, by the way. One of them that I loved this year was called A Side Character's Love Story. It was just so cute. It was like these two people that are definitely, you know, in the title, they would be side characters in another story. And it's like their love story. And it's, oh, they were just so cute. And I read like 15 volumes of that, you know, so but you can read it in like 30 minutes, one volume of that. So it goes very fast. Love it. But yeah. Cool. Well, thanks for coming again. We'll thanks check in with you all me. halfway. Hopefully it goes better. <laughs> so I guess in the summer. Yeah. We'll, we'll gather again. Hopefully, yeah, things pick up because it was a rough year. <laughs> Can't get much worse. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs>